How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Stuart Skinner out of his net. Plays the puck nicely to Lagason. Pass into the middle for Cracknell. Right side to Kemp. Long pass off the stick of Sevier. Goes to Hamlin. He's got a break. He'll come in. Backhand. Scores! James Hamlin! He was all alone! He went to the backhand. And it's 1-0 Edmonton. Well, and the Oilers did not look back from there. Four goals in the second period. A dominant 4-0 victory over the Calgary Flames to open up the preseason. The shots on goal were 49-15 in favor of the Oilers. Now that opened the scoring five minutes into the second period, but already by that point, you knew the Oilers were the more energetic team tonight. They outshot the Flames 13-5 in the first, 21-6 in the second, 15-4 in the third period. Calgary really didn't get an awesome scoring chance until there was just about five minutes left in the third period. Stuart Skinner and Ilya Konovalov will share the shutout. Skinner stopped eight pucks. Konovalov stopped seven. The goal scorers for the Oilers, Derek Ryan, had a power play goal to make it 2 nothing, and then he set up Xavier Borgo, and then Brendan Perlini converted his own rebound on a breakaway to close it out late in the second period. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, back for another season of Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Centre. It's 9.48. We'll bring you post-game reaction from Calgary as we get it in here. Dave Tippett should be talking in a few minutes. Well, okay. If, yeah, it, yes, it's game one of the preseason. It, it ultimately isn't going to mean nothing, but in terms of the storylines, I mean, that was just a, a butt kick, and the Flames were, were virtually non-existent. Well, it was, and as much as this game means nothing, it, it's much nicer for you and I to be sitting here talking about how they dominated the game instead of talking about the opposite. We could be in Calgary now and be the Calgary guys that do our job and have to go through the wreckage of what that game was for them. Uh, a number of players wanted to come in and, and make a statement, show what they're capable of doing. Uh, it wasn't an NHL-laden uh, team that the Calgary Flames dressed tonight, but on the back end, they had four guys that are going to play in the National Hockey League. They've got Backlund in the lineup. They had Lucic, Dubé. So there were some players. So some of the young players for the Edmonton Oilers were going to get tested and they came through uh, wonderfully. It was a game that uh, the only downside in this game is you never got to see what the Edmonton Oilers goaltenders could do because there was really one save in this entire game and it was late in the game that you would classify as a good save just because the Oilers were that dominant. So uh, Dave Tippett will be very happy that his team came to training camp ready and prepared to start this season and it showed in game one of the preseason yeah matthew phillips had a scoring chance for calgary with about 513 left in the third was set up all alone in front knifed at the puck and kind of all off got far enough across the crease to make the save for the oilers i think there's a lot of players we're going to talk about tonight everybody got at least one shot on goal brendan perlini was a focus before the game he was drafted 14th overall in 2014 he had a couple of decent offensive seasons in the nhl it kind of drifted away from him he uh, went overseas and played in Switzerland last year, and now he's signed to a one-year two-way contract for 
the Edmonton Oilers. So, you know, he's he's not guaranteed. Well, no, I, I mean, a lot of players in that <laughs> position aren't guaranteed to be on the team, but they're saying, okay, two-way, you know, we might want to send you down and we'd, we'd pay you a little bit less in that situation. He stole the puck at the defensive blue line, got a breakaway, was stopped, slammed in his own rebound, played 15-52 tonight. He had five shots on goal and three other attempts blocked. I, I mean, I think even without the goal, he was he was noticeable. He was, and it, it's funny. You just look in the, the recent history of the Edmonton Oilers of a high draft pick that didn't pan out, that went over to Europe, defined his game, came back humbled, it made uh, a difference in Pugliarvi last year with the Edmonton Oilers. Now, I don't know, and I don't believe Perlini's ceiling is anywhere near where Yessies is, but here's a guy that the expectations was he was going to be a national athlete. When you're drafted in the first round, especially in the first 15 picks, there's expectations that you're going to be a player that plays and plays for a long time. When things, and, and he has had success, what was it, 17 goals one year or something along? Uh, it's not easy scoring 17 goals in the National Hockey League, and he's done it before, so he can score at this level. Uh, consistency has probably been a problem. Uh, maybe not understanding what his role could be. I think you get humbled. You go over to Europe. Uh, things didn't turn out like you wanted to. So now when you get your opportunity, your second chance, third chance, or whatever this may be for him, you come in with a different mindset. Now it's not, I deserve this. It's, I'm going to go out and do everything I can to earn this. And the way he played tonight was a good step for him. Uh, at trying to, for him, get another preseason shot. And then in that one, just continue to move baby steps forward to uh, turning some heads and making some decisions hard for the Edmonton Oilers management. So another player pushing for a spot, or, or the spot that the same one uh, Perlini is pushing for, is uh, is Tyler Benson. Uh, I mean, it's been five years already since Tyler Benson was, was drafted. Hard to believe. He's only played seven NHL games. Uh, he, he played 17-10 tonight. Uh, did take a penalty, had four shots on goal. He was absolutely robbed late in the third period by Adam Werner. Looked like he was going to fire in another one for the Oilers, and, and Werner got the glove on it. So what did you think of Benson? Uh, I, I thought he was good. They're, they're two different type of players. I think Benson's a guy that play makes and can see the ice a little bit better. Uh, he doesn't have the size that Perlini has, and uh, he, he, I don't think he has the speed either. I think he sees the game a little bit better. He, he understands the game. Uh, it, it's going to be one of those ones where, as a coaching staff, what are you looking for more so? Uh, what is it you're, you want as, as a fourth-line left winger or a guy that do you want someone that can move up and down the lineup? Do you have someone in the lineup that if someone in your top six goes down, who's better filling in there? Uh, so he was good. Uh, I, th- I think he would like that last opportunity back. He had the whole open net. He just pushed it back into the goalie instead of hitting the open net. Sometimes nerves get in the way. Uh, but he, he had a good, again, it, I think Perlini was the most noticeable up front outside of Derek Ryan, who I thought was excellent. But I thought Benson was noticed in a positive way as well. All right, Oilers take it 4 nothing. Post-game comments, Oilers head coach Dave Tippett. Dave, uh, as a coach, preseason opener, what are you looking for and and what did you like about what you saw today from your guys? Well, you're watching individuals and, and, you know, how they perform, but it's one of those games when, uh, you know, we wanted to make sure we were a working group tonight and a lot of young players in there. And um, when the group works like that, we had solid goaltending. Both guys played pretty well, but the work ethic throughout the group was was really strong and... uh, 
so players end up looking good. You know, they come out of the game and they're, there's a lot of guys in that lineup that are pushing for jobs and uh, go out and play a strong, hard-working game on the road. It makes everybody look good. Some of the lines already had some pretty good chemistry. Is that by yeah. design or something that just flowed? Uh, a little bit, you know, but you, it, to me it's more you got people that are that are pushing. They want a, they want a piece of the pie, you know. And the one line, uh, McLeod and Benson and Marodi played a lot together in the American League last year, so we put them together to see if they could, you know, get going. You're trying to put people where they can, you feel like that they're going to get the best chance to show you what they have, you know. So um, Shore and uh, and Torres were solid tonight, just good veteran players. Perlini played a pretty good uh, game with them. Uh, and Derek Ryan and that's exactly the kind of player he is. He's, he's a smart player. Him and Sevier are both. And we put the uh, young Boquit in, in with them. And uh, yeah, it, was just, it was just a solid, you know, we asked everybody just to work and compete hard and and uh, try to do some of the structure that we've been talking about in camp. And the guys came out and played well. Derek Ryan, we asked him earlier, and that's kind of just like you said, what he does. Like he does a lot of little things during the course of a game that yep. they'll help turn turn a game over is yeah. uh, pretty exciting to have a utility uh, weapon. Yeah, he's a reliable guy. He just there's, he thinks the game well and plays in so many situations, and so it's uh, he'll he'll be uh, I think he'll be a nice asset for us. Now Evan Bouchard, everybody knows he's a talent, but when he's when he's in that you know top pairing role and playing a lot of minutes in a lot of situations, you can really see the elite level of his game. That yeah, his poise with the buck is really strong, and it's uh, you know we've talked about him a lot. He's he's come up the right way he's he understands the game now he understands the expectations for him and now it's time for him to do it so um you know he jumped in first exhibition game you could tell he's a he's a very poised player really really has an impact on the game he's a guy that ideally would want to play his whole career he's played a ton of minutes the way mm -hmm. he'll be breaking into the order this probably won't be that much how do you balance that or is it well it's hard to say he plays real well yeah. he forces you to play him you know so but he's uh he's still a young player we're playing exhibition here you know so yeah. um but we need to get him lots of minutes we'll get him lots of time in exhibition but he's ready for that challenge i mean physically mentally he's ready for the challenge so i'm excited for to see where he gets to this year and and perlini he's a all teams need a big guy with who can move and have a, and has some skill what you see yeah that? He's a guy I've known a long time. We drafted him in, in Arizona, and big, strong guy that, uh, you know, kind of career went kind of a little sideways for him. He's looking to get back on, on track. He's in great shape. He's a big guy, skates well, and he's got a, he's got a knack for scoring. So, um, you know, he capitalized on an opportunity there tonight. So uh, we'll keep going. I mean, he's, he's a guy that's going to be interesting to watch going through camp. Uh, we've got some guys like him that these exhibition games are going to be you know, tell the tale where they get to. So he didn't hurt himself tonight. Uh, first impression of Sevier uh, in game action, Dave? Just solid, solid veteran player. You know, exactly what we expected. We uh, we didn't have many penalties tonight, so we're looking to get him some penalty kill time. But he's just, he's a solid guy. He just goes out, he knows how to play the game the right way. And, you know, he's a typical guy who goes out and he just fit in well in that game, worked hard and did the right things and ended up getting a win. Many young players who played that well in toys. I know it's only preseason, but game one, were you surprised just how controlled your team was in both zones and almost a mistake-free game? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we uh, you know, our first, our first and foremost, our number one thought tonight, we wanted to come in and make sure that everybody 
competed at the level that you need to 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 be successful and we you know the right throughout the lineup you saw that even the goaltenders when they were challenged they they worked hard played a lot of pucks outside the net um but we we come in we we just played a, a solid game you know we haven't uh, got real deep into the structure of how we want to play yet we've had some practices on certain parts of it but guys come in and and uh, some of the things we were trying to do, they uh, did well. But ultimately, it was about the work ethic tonight and just playing well together, trying to make each other look good so they uh, get in a game and play well. So it's, uh, it was a solid game all the way through. You mentioned you haven't gotten into that stuff, but you talked at the end of last year, you really want to improve as a four-checking team. Mm-hmm. You saw that tonight. Was that one of the areas that you've, you've focused on in the first few days of camp? Yeah, we've uh, we've done some work on that. All, all kind of the... Uh, okay, that is Edmonton Oilers head coach Dave Tippett as they dominate their opener in the preseason tonight. 4 nothing win over the Calgary Flames. We have a lot to discuss, though, and you'll hear from a couple of players who were very good tonight, Evan Bouchard and Derek Ryan. You can chime in, 780-4960. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 063, if you'd like to talk to Rob and me. Back after the news, Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on 630 Chet. All right, 4-0, the Oilers win in Calgary to start off the preseason. They're going to be back at it at Rogers Place with you there, fans in the building for the first time since March 11th, 2020. That'll be on Tuesday night. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, again, I mean, dominating game for the Oilers. 49-15 were the shots. Evan Bouchard. Mm-hmm. The Oilers have been very clear, coach, manager, that he's on the team <laughs> and that he's going to be an important part of the team. They haven't shied away from some pretty high expectations for Bouchard, who's plus two tonight in 22 minutes and five seconds, six shots on goal, which is all good. He actually led the team in shots on goal. He was on the power play for the Oilers, but he looked comfortable. I thought he looked quite comfortable. He and Cuckoo as well. Uh, He did. I mean, in a game where just about everyone on the Oilers looked quite comfortable and everyone on the Calgary Flames looked the exact opposite, uh, Bouchard is talented. And I know that you and Bob talked about him before the game. And I think you made the comment, when the puck is on his stick, there's no worries. He makes good plays. He makes good passes. He thinks the game well. Uh, he's, I, I imagine he's faster than he looks because he always seems to look very nonchalant out there. Yet no one seems to take the puck away from him ever. And he seems to create space between him and anyone that's trying to to check him. He's got an absolute bomb of a shot. And you and I off air were talking about the fact, and I, I think uh, the Oilers on their power play at some point, normally they have three guys that play the whole power play, McDavid, Drysettle, and Nugent Hopkins. But maybe this year this is where Nugent Hopkins comes off the last 40 seconds and uh, Bouchard goes in that spot. Now you got that one-timer because that is a lethal weapon. It is if uh, Barry may right now in his course of his career be further ahead on the power play, being able to create plays because he's been there and done it many, many years and led the NHL in defensive scoring last year. But what he doesn't have, and I don't know if there's very few in the National League that have the shot that Bouchard has. 
it is world class already. So that is something that you're going to add to the already best power play in the National Hockey League. So he looked very good tonight. Now this is not a, a litmus test. This is not a, a a measuring stick. This game tonight. This was a bad Calgary Flame team that was horrible in the way they played. But as he goes forward, you want him to be good in this kind of game, and he was. But, yeah, I agree. I think Bouchard has got the ability to give the Oilers something that they haven't had, and that's a home run hitter from the back end. He's a guy that can make that pass from his own goal line and hit a McDavid or a Dreisler or a Nugent Hopkins at the red line in full speed, and he can do it with his eyes closed. He is that talented. Which is interesting because certainly there's been a, a cry in oil country for a right shot defenseman who can shoot the puck and has some offensive ability. And now they might have two if Bouchard has a good season. And Barry was the leading scorer on the blue line last year around the NHL. I mean, I don't know if he's necessarily going to repeat that, but there's no reason to think he's still not going to produce points and still do very well on the power play after quite a slow start. Yeah, yeah, the first nine or ten games for Barry weren't weren't that great, and he wasn't shooting. Uh, he was finding his way, and when he found his way, he was very, very good. And I, I agree, he has a great opportunity to lead the league in scoring again from the back end, simply because he's on the best power play in the National Hockey League, playing with the two best offensive players in Drysaddle and McDavid. He's going to get opportunities, but it's nice having another ace in, in your hand in Bouchard. Uh, Bouchard, he, he brings just an air of confidence when he's on the ice not arrogance cockiness he brings confidence he when he has the puck on his stick he knows he's going to make a good play and when you have connor and leon playing on two different lines it's nice now knowing that well, we can throw barry out with one of those guys and he's going to create plays with those offensive players and jump in the play and he can be the trailer with the big shot and now the other guy we're, we're going to put out bouchard who also is going to be able to make plays. And now, uh, just think of it, Leon Dreisaitl, looking, 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 waiting, 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 and now he finds Bouchard coming late with a big one-timer. That's got to scare the opposition. So uh, Bouchard, again, it's early. It's one preseason game, but he was very good in that game. Yeah, well, it's not the first we've seen of him, nope. too. Nope. I, I mean, uh, certainly the games he played last year, yeah, there were, were some tough moments, but he scored a couple of nice goals where he does. And that's, that's the thing about his shot. He can blast it, but we saw, I think it was against Vancouver last year, we saw him score on a wrist shot where he, he, he changed the angle just a little bit and then realized, okay, I, I don't, this doesn't have to be a howitzer. I need to get it through because this, the screen is set up and if I got that split second where the goalie maybe can't see the puck or picks it up late, that's how I score. Whereas if I take time to wind up, he's going to find the puck even though it's going to come in harder. So I, I think that's important too because you do see some defensemen, even some older defensemen, the the shot is a the big shot is a weapon, but but they don't have the the finesse. Well, any defenseman that comes out of junior or college that is a high scoring defenseman knows how to get pucks through. It's something that they've done their entire careers, their minor hockey careers, their their AJHL or BCHL or whatever it is. Then through the Western Hockey League or CHL college, they've always been able to get pucks through. And it's funny when you see, I know Sakara was here before, and everyone's oh he keeps hitting the shin pads. Well, guess what? He hit shin pads when he was in junior too. <laughs> and it's like it's not something that okay, all of a sudden he's going to get to the NHL and he's going to learn now how to miss 
the, def the defender coming out. He's going to learn now how to get pucks through. It doesn't work that way. The guys that are capable of doing it, they've done it their whole lives. Barry is a guy who was offensive his whole life. So when he got to the National Hockey League, when the puck's on a stick, he knew what to do with it. And that's what Bouchard is. You will, over the course of the season, Bouchard plays all 82 games. Over the course of the season, there's not going to be very many nights where you're going to say, oh, he's got to get that puck through. Because what we've seen from him this short period of time is he does time and time again. When the, the shooting lane isn't there, he adjusts. He moves. He creates a different shooting angle. Or he moves the puck somewhere else. Great offensive defensemen don't get pucks blocked. And Bouchard, whatever he can do uh, in his own end of the rink, that is something that time will tell. But the one thing that we do know... When the puck is on his stick, he's going to make a good play. Well, and you mentioned that he generally looks calm, mm -hmm. which should help him defensively as well, or or moving that puck out of his zone if he's back retrieving it. And that's something the Oilers have emphasized he has to improve on, going back, getting the puck yep. quickly. I think Bob used the word urgency on, on the face-off show. It's like, okay, you don't have two seconds like you might in junior you might have point two of a second or your face is in the glass and the other team has the puck but still you 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 want him to be calm while he's he's learning that and and adjusting to that tempo of the game well a lot of times when i say he looks calm he might not be but he he's just feel calm, he's right? got the appearance that he's <laughs> calm out there um any any play that has to do with offense I feel he's going to excel at at any time. And going and retrieving a puck, I believe, is offense because you're trying to find the puck and you're trying to get away from the, the forecheck or you're trying to make the play before you get there, understanding where you're going to go with the puck. Am I rimming this one? Am I picking up? Am I turning back the other way? Those are plays I don't think he's going to have any trouble with. Uh, it's the, where he's going to have a learning curve, and all young defensemen do, is going to be playing his own end. Now, there's going to be players that come out of junior on the defensive zone that are going to be stronger in their own end because that's what kind of player they were in junior or that's what kind of player they were in college. Bouchard was an offensive dynamo. So when he and he played on good teams. So when, when Bouchard was on the ice, normally his team wasn't defending. Right. Normally, his team was creating offense. That's why he's so excellent at it, because he's had lots of practice doing it to go with his skill level and his thought process. Where he's going to have to learn is when he's now playing against other teams that are going to get in on a forecheck, where he's got a hulking winger coming down on him one-on-one, -on -one, where he's battling in front of the net, because he's never had to do that and it extensively in junior. And probably a good reason that the, the Oilers had him in the minors at the start and then was in practice learning as he's able to pick up these things. He's able to get better at the little things to make him a more well-rounded player so that when the Oilers give him that great opportunity, which is this year, he'll be able to fall into it seamlessly and not have the, the learning curve where we can't put him out in this situation because he's not good enough yet in his own end. There will be a learning curve. He will get better the more he plays. But offensively, when the puck's on his stick, I think the learning curve, he's at the very top of that curve already. Oilers take it 4 nothing in Calgary, and here is Evan Bouchard. Hey, Evan, I know it's only game one of the preseason, but uh, you guys look fairly tight, fairly sharp out there. What did you think of uh, how things came together? 
Uh, I thought it was a great effort. We kind of came in with a, a game plan and we kind of executed it to a T. So I think uh, you know it really paid off. The hard work everyone put in the summer, the the three days of camp, really really paid off, and we just bought into what we came here to do, and you know we got the win. What was your comfort level like out there? You seemed quite at home in a in a large role on a team, playing you know a whole bunch of minutes in a in a lot of key situations. I felt great. It was just nice to finally get to play a game again. You know, the first period is kind of more to get your feet under you, kind of keep it uh, you know quick, keep the puck going forward, and kind of get your feet under you and kind of settle in for the second and third. You've been that guy your whole career that plays a lot, plays in a lot of situations. So is, you're almost like the goalie who likes to get a lot of shots. Like if you get a lot of work, the better you get. Uh, yeah, I think it's like that with most people. You know, if you mm-hmm. stay in a rhythm, then it really helps. Um, but that's uh, the thing about being a pro is you got to be able to adapt in every situation. Um, luckily for me, that I got to uh, you know play that role tonight, and uh, you know I was happy with it. When you you've been a confident player your whole life, but this is another level. Do you have to reestablish that confidence, regain it uh, somehow at the National Hockey League level? Definitely, every. Every uh, league's a different uh, steps. You really have to, uh, you know, ease into it. And I think now I'm uh, pretty comfortable after being here last year and getting the exhibition game in today. You know, I think it's uh, you know, my comfortability is really uh, starting to show again. Uh, does last year seem like a long time ago when you were kind of uh, redshirting and, and uh, <laughs> going across Europe? Yeah, it definitely felt like uh, a while ago. I actually forgot about Europe now that you mention <laughs> it. Uh, but it was uh, a great experience last year. Really helped me out, I think, and it's just great to be back in the arenas with uh, with fans now too. Thank you. Evan, 22 minutes for you, six shots on net, but you probably took about 12, 15 shots towards the net. Is there an added emphasis to shoot the puck on your behalf? Uh, definitely. Yeah, uh, you really want to uh, you know get the feel for feel for the puck and really finding those shooting lanes and you know there's not really a better time to work on it than an exhibition game so I was really trying to do that. Is there really a conscious effort? Are you thinking about wanting to shoot the puck and, and I know you want to make the right play but it seemed like you were able to find the shooting zones uh, pretty comfortably today. Is that an, a conscious thing that you have on the ice? Uh, a little bit yeah like you said you, you want to make the right play out there um, but for me I think a lot of the times it's really just put the puck on net and really try to get it through that first guy and get it towards the net and I think uh, you know, tonight we did a great job at collapsing to the net and making it uh, a lot easier and causing chaos in front. First couple of days of camp, you said you want to be on the NHL roster. How did you feel like today was in terms of that first step of getting there? Uh, I felt great. Um, you know, like I said, first period was kind of getting your legs under you, but I think uh, out, I felt really good, and I think the team played uh, great, and I think when the team plays good, it helps uh, everyone else out, and it makes everyone look good here. How hungry are you to be a full-time NHLer? Uh, definitely getting ready for, for that step. Um, I think a lot of people are here, and I think uh, it's good inner competition. I think that's what makes the team good. Thank you for that. We'll now go to questions on Zoom. So if you have a question, please raise your hand, and we'll start with Jason Greger. And then the offensive side of the game comes very natural to you. Uh, Dave Tippett's talked very openly about, you know, he put you on the penalty kill, and, you know, to, to be an NHL guy wants to use in all those situations. Um, you've penalty killed, obviously, at other levels. What? What's going to be the key to being a good penalty killer at the NHL for you? Um, I think it's really buying into the system. I think that's the good thing about every PK is buying into what the coaches are telling you. I think as long as everyone's on the same page, it makes it that much easier. So I think getting used to uh, you know, the systems and doing what they say, I think, uh, you know, make it uh, that much better. You've played in preseason games now for many years. I don't know if you've ever been in one that had this many young guys, but was almost a mistake-free game. Can you, can you talk about just the system and how everybody was able to play it so well and, and really dominate from start to finish. Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, everyone bought into what we came here to do. 
Um, and, you know, we kept playing the puck north. We knew they had an uh, older group and we had a young group. We really wanted to keep it uh, simple, and uh, we did, and I think it paid off for us. All right, that's Evan Bouchard. Good game tonight as uh, the Oilers dominate the Calgary Flames 4-0. The goal scorers, James Hamlin, Derek Ryan, Xavier Borgo, and Brendan Perlini. Borgo, the Oilers' first-round draft pick from this year. A nice uh, one-timer set up from Ryan from behind the net. And Borgo uh, assisted on Ryan's goal, which was a power play goal. So here, here's how this sequence played out early in the second period, Rob. James Hamlin, who uh, I enjoyed watching in the rookie games as well. I mean, he's on an AHL contract, but... Uh, an Edmonton native who uh, works very hard and seems like he's intelligent, gets a breakaway, scores. Less than a minute later, Milan Lucic and Devon Shore collide in the neutral zone. Lucic thought it was a knee, uh, goes after Shore, punches him a couple times, gets a double minor. I don't know if... I, I realized there were two punches. I don't know if there were actually two penalties, <laughs> but they, at least what we saw on the on the feed we got. So Lucic goes to the penalty box, and Derek Ryan scores... One of those weird plays where the puck just kind of squirted to the side of the net. It was caught up in a, in a couple of players battling for it, and it looked like it was going to go continue around to the other side of the goal. And Dan Vladder, the, the Calgary goal, and a few other guys on the ice, it wasn't just him, were looking there, and it squirts out right to the side of the net, and Ryan actually had two cracks at it and was, it was able to put it in. It was poor penalty killing on that one. I mean, I know that it bounced out weird, but there was no Calgary Flame in front of the net. Ryan had two whacks to be able to put the puck in the net. Uh, and Dave Tippett talked about the fact that what you saw out of Ryan tonight is what you get. And we've we've watched him for a number of years in this league, and every time he plays here, we're like, huh, he's the kind of guy that the Oilers could use on their third or fourth line, and finally the Oilers get their chance to, to have him play for them. But uh, just to, at one point I said, is this the Oilers' new Mark Letestu, just a, a veteran player coming in that is just smart and understands his role and does his role uh, perfectly each and every shift that he gets out there. Uh, a coach loves veteran players that he can trust to make the right play each and every time. And they will have all the time in the world for those kind of players. You know, last minute in periods, first minute of games, penalty killing situations, close games late in the hockey game, because you know what you're getting. There's no surprise. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we've seen with Derek Ryan over the number of years that he's played in the National Hockey League. He doesn't surprise you. He, his, his ceiling is here, and he always plays to that ceiling. So uh, a nice start for him. As Obviously, anytime you go to a new team, you want to make an impression, you want to make a good impression, and you'd like to do it early. And I know it's uh, veteran players. There's not a whole lot, not a lot of thrill in, in goals in the preseason. But when you go to a new team, it's like, all right, I got that out of the way. I feel good about myself. Got f- good first game. Now let's move forward. So it, it was a nice start for him, and you could tell what the coach thought because he was very complimentary afterwards. I, I remember reading something after the Oilers signed Ryan, and it was uh, somebody who covered the Flames was asked, I think on Twitter, maybe it was in a blog or something, what are the Oilers getting in Ryan? And he wrote 10 to 12 minutes a night of low event hockey. <laughs> and, and I think that's that's a good way to put it. And th- And again, I mean, this has been an ongoing theme with the Oilers, Man, oh, man, they got two really good players, and they got their really reliable Nuge. Now, I think we put Pugliarvi into the into the top six. Well, but, but, you know, mm-hmm. still still looking for, you know, rounding out the top two lines and, okay, Hyman, we'll see what happens. But, but at, the, in the, at the, you know, the fourth line or even the third line, oh, well, McDavid and Dreisaitl, uh, you know, 
three points each. Oh, Oilers lost 4-3, and uh, the third line's minus two, and the fourth line's uh, minus two, and there were 60 face-offs in the game, and Leon had to take 35 of them. Yeah. You know, that's what they're hoping is Ryan takes some of that away. Well, what Derek Ryan is coming in to do is what Kyle Turris was supposed to come in to do last year. Right. And that's give you a veteran presence that gives you low event hockey and can chip in here or there. And it didn't work out with Kyle Turris last year. Now he's still here and he's trying to reinvent himself. But Derek Ryan is exactly what Kyle Turris was supposed to do. And because it didn't work out, they had to go out and find another Kyle Turris. And this time they found it in Derek Ryan. And it was a good start for Derek. But yeah, low event hockey is what you want when you're on your third or fourth line. You don't want surprises if you're a coaching staff. All right, the Oilers win at 4 nothing. We will hear from Derek Ryan as we move along tonight. We are also uh, happy to hear from you. If you want to give us a call, 780-496-0063. We're in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Derek Ryan trying to dig it free. Got to the skates to Ryan. Jams it in the front of the net. Scores! Ryan got his own rebound. He put it past Flat Orange. 2 nothing Edmonton. Cam Moon with the call. The Oilers go on to win in Calgary. 4 nothing tonight. The shutout shared by Stuart Skinner and Ilya Kanovalov. Skinner, eight saves, kind of all off with seven as uh, the Flames really didn't have a lot going on tonight. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown checking in. Of course, you're one of your former coaches, Daryl Sutter, behind the Flames bench now after taking over partway through uh, last season. How, how is he, you know, we're asking you to predict here, how is he going to react to this one? Because, of course, we know, <laughs> I mean, there's no... I mean, look, great the Oilers won, beats the alternative, but ultimately in, well... Really, by the start of the game Tuesday, it's not going to mean anything. But how, what do you think Sutter does with this one? There will be some sarcastic remarks in the dressing room from, from Daryl. He, I, I've, I played him. We'd win games and he'd be in a bad mood. So I'm sure after tonight's <laughs> game, it, it's going to be to another level. Uh, he's not going to be happy. Daryl Sutter's teams, the one thing that is consistent is their work ethic. Uh, they don't always win, but you, they don't, you don't walk in there and outwork them very often. And tonight, the work ethic was non-existent for the Calgary Flames. Uh, so, yeah, it, uh, a game like this, if, I, if this was a regular season game, if I was in that Calgary dressing room, I wouldn't want to come to practice the next day because it would be ugly. And, uh, yeah, there would, be, there would be remarks in the dressing room that he would say that were, would be very biting You'd, you'd, you'd go home and you'd, you'd go put the pillow over your head and go, okay, just don't wake me up for three or four days because of what Coach, Dar Coach Sutter just said to me. So uh, fortunately for the Calgary Flames, this was preseason game number one, and they have a number of other games to change their perception of what Daryl Sutter thinks his team is right now. Yeah, they did. Th that was kind of surprising. And we should note uh, Tyler Pitt, like the former Oiler, uh, left this game relatively early as he got a little banged up. We'll see if there's a, a, an update on him. But yeah, Calgary. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's, it's one thing. It was it was four nothing. I mean, for me watching it, I, I you almost felt like when Ryan scored to make it two nothing, where it was like, oh, it's over. Like Calgary's Calgary's not going to get three. It 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 was a game where it it, it was. Sometimes you see in an exhibition season where one team, especially on home ice, still dress a full lineup right. and the other sends in the lambs. All right, here you go. We just have to send these guys because we're supposed to play this game, and it's a domination. This is a game that the Calgary Flames had four of their top six 
defensemen playing. And they did have a couple forwards up front that are, are regulars in the lineup. It was it was it was embarrassing. The Calgary Flames effort tonight was embarrassing. Kudos for the Edmonton Oilers for the effort they put forward. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You will still hear from Derek Ryan. The Oilers win it for zip. More with Reed and Rob in a few minutes. Well, right after the news, actually. Just a couple of minutes. Heartland Ford overtime open line on 630 Chet. Pospisil with the puck on the left wing for Calgary. Cross ice to Gabranson. He'll get it out. Give it to Richie. In over the Oilers line. Goes to the net. Shoot. Saved by Konovalov. And he held on as Brent Richie had a line to the net down the right wing. And Ilya Konovalov just took it away. 4-0 Oilers win in Calgary tonight. So back in the building. And I mean all of you who are going to go to the game had tim shipton on the show remember proof of vax or proof of a uh, negative COVID test 72 hours or less before the start of the game you will have to be uh wear a mask during the game unless you're eating or uh having a beverage i think pretty common sense stuff that's going to be in place there so here's what's happening on uh, on Tuesday, 5.30 face-off show, game at 7, Oilers and Kraken on 6.30, Chet. On Kiss and Country 103.9, we'll have the Elks in Ottawa. 4.30 countdown to kickoff with Dave and Morley. Game is at 5.30. Uh, the Elks uh, do have a player center, David Beard, in COVID protocol. We'll see if there's anything else rising out of that uh, tomorrow. Uh, Trevor Harris, by the way, quarterback, back on the active roster, though, had uh, Morley on the face-off show, and he thinks Taylor Cornelius will still be the guy who, uh, who plays quarterback for the Elks on Tuesday. Okay, 4-0. The Oilers take this one over the Calgary Flames. The goal scorers, Hamlin, Ryan, Borgo, and Perlini. You know, Borgo, the first-round draft pick, uh, I mentioned, got an assist as well. Good for him. Maybe he gets into another preseason game before he uh, heads back to junior, but I think he can feel good after this one. Uh, yeah, you, you want to make uh, an impression. Uh, your first-round pick, the, the expectations are higher. Uh, you want to feel good going back to junior saying, go to your buddies, say, hey, yeah, you know what I did? I sniped one in the National Hockey League. Have you done that yet? So it'll be good for him. It, to me, it's just a confidence builder. It, it's getting your feet wet. Uh, as we talked about earlier, a guy that's drafted in the first round, you hope and expect to be part of your franchise for, for a number of years. Uh, so it's always nice for it. The, the confidence gets built early. You get good feedback from the coaching staff, and you go back to junior, and you put uh, into your junior season what they want to see from you going into the future. So it was a nice night. Uh, good hands, got an opportunity, put the puck in the back of the net. That's what you expect from them. Checking the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service rentals, or new and used semi-trailers? Head to edmontontrailer.com. The NHL preseason story is this. The Sharks beat the Golden Knights 4-2. Split squad action. It was not a doubleheader. Panthers over the Predators 5-4 in overtime. Panthers over the Predators 3-1. Were both games in Panthers? Uh, that's a good question, actually. Panthers are listed as the home team for... Well, I guess it could have been a doubleheader. It could have been in the same rink, but it wasn't the same players. I didn't even think to check that. I'm sorry to throw you off script there with that Well, it's question. fine. You know, it's uh, preseason. I thought you knew everything. I literally thought you knew everything. <laughs> <laughs> Bruins beat the Capitals 3-2 at a shootout. Islanders beat the Rangers 4-0. Ducks over the Sharks 6-3. Senators beat the Jets 3-2 in overtime. The Seattle Kraken have a win. 5-3 over Vancouver. And wasn't it former Oiler Riley, Riley Sheehan? Riley Sheehan the got the goal. First goal for the Kraken. I'm looking forward to seeing the Kraken play. I really am. They have the best name. I love the name. Well, Eberle and Larson. 
Oh, yeah, there's a few few Oilers there. They, their team, sh- it should be a very competitive Seattle team. Yeah, they'll be okay. Is that what you said about Vegas their first year? Yeah, they'll be okay. I did say, I, yeah, I did say that. I didn't oh. think they'd be able to score. I thought they'd have good goaltending because oh. they had Flurry. Oh, I mean, the they, did, they didn't win the Stanley Cup, so how good could have they been? <laughs> <laughs> Also, uh, other scores of note. Green Bay beat San Francisco 30-28, turned into a thriller on Sunday Night Football. San Francisco went ahead with 37 seconds left. That was too much time for Aaron Rodgers. They got a 51-yard field goal as the clock ran out. The Yankees beat Boston 6-3. Blue Jays won earlier today over the Twins uh, 5-2. So the Blue Jays a game out of the uh, wildcard spot as that chase continues for them. Oil King is getting ready to start up on uh, Friday against Red Deer. They're going to have a good team. That'll be fun. Yeah, they, well, it, I just feel for those kids. They've had two fantastic t- years in a row of, of teams that weren't able to compete for Memorial Cup where they certainly would have been in the conversations as the best team in Canada. Hopefully they are able, Brad Lauer and the group are able to put it together again this year when they get back to normal. Yeah, and I think they'll probably slowly be getting some players back here this week or, or early in their regular season because they had a few guys in NHL camps. Yeah, they're definitely going to be a good team. The Golden Bears football team won yesterday over UBC, so that was good. Uh, they start the season 1-0. All right, so uh, the I mean, the shots, again, the shots, they were 49-15. Like, which is actually which stunning. You wouldn't find that surprising in a Calgary-Edmonton game if you talked about Leon and Connor and Nuge and all these guys in your lineup. But when your lineup is loaded with a bunch of young third and fourth line hopefuls, 49 shots. I mean, that's why I said the, the word, used the word embarrassing for the Calgary Flames effort tonight. This isn't a, a team loaded with superstars. This is just a bunch of mainly young players looking for a role spot on the, uh, on the National Hockey League roster. And they literally went into Calgary. And embarrassed them. So good on the Edmonton Oilers in the lineup they threw in tonight. They did everything correct in this game. Chris Russell has uh, yet to participate in a practice. And we should say the, the way it's generally run right now early in camp with over 50 players there is there's, there are two practices and other guys who maybe are, are getting into shape or a little banged up might skate on their own. So that's Chris Russell's situation right now. And that's where Josh Archibald um, has been skating. Of course, the news came out a few days ago that Josh Archibald uh, is not vaccinated. He is the only play on the, player on the Oilers, uh, the only player on a Canadian team uh, not vaccinated. So this is going to make it extremely difficult for, well, it would actually make it pretty much impossible for Archibald to compete in the entire season. Uh, you know, if he winds up being on, on the Oilers roster. Uh, you know, he's he's made that decision right now. I, I, I'm i not going to turn this into a vaccine debate, but from a hockey roster debate, uh, this is significant because Josh Archibald is someone you and I have enjoyed mm-hmm. watching. Absolutely. Uh, you know, he plays a very uh, tenacious uh, physical game. He's, you know, speaking of being used in, in certain roles, he was often the third member of the line late in games with Dreisaitl mm-hmm. McDavid to close out a one or two goal lead and helped with some empty netters along the way. Uh, having said that, um, let's face it, he, uh, he is a replaceable player. And the way I look at it is uh, he's he's given the Oilers an opportunity to find a replacement for him. Well, yeah. I mean, outside just outside of the societal 
issues with non-vaccination and vaccinations and stuff like that. Just looking strictly at hockey, he's a guy that's going to miss 30-plus games. That That's already been established. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where the problems come in if you're a GM or a coach for, for Josh Archibald. So he has to come back. He quarantines. He misses, say, it's five games. Now he's eligible to come back and start playing out of the quarantine. Your team's just won four in a row. Do you pull the guy out that went in and replaced him? How is it fair to that player who's gone in there, done his job, he's been practicing, he's with the team? Is Archibald capable of coming from being in isolation to all of a sudden got Vegas on the schedule? You haven't haven't been with the team now for 10 days, 12 days, whatever it is. Now you're going to go play against the best team. He plays an important role. He's He's their number one penalty killing unit. Now, do you want him out there? He hasn't skated with the team. Uh... Do you want a player? How do you explain? So when he's when he, when he's not in the lineup, it's not going to be one player going in and out. We know what it's like, the third, fourth lines. There's a rotation. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be three or four players that he affects every time he comes back. Now you're telling those players, all right, you're going to be part of the team. You're going to do this, this, this. You did all these things right. You're working hard. You're practicing hard and everything. Now this guy's coming back. Okay, we're pulling you out of the lineup. So now there's going to be some dissension. And I've been on teams. There will be dissension if there's three or four guys who every so often when Archibald is capable of coming out of his quarantine now takes your spot. And you're like, okay, I did all the things that I was supposed to do. I played well. Now why am I being pulled out? Uh, it's tough. Then what do you do with them? Do you can't, I, I don't believe you send them to the minors because now you don't want them taking the spot of one of your young players who you're trying to uh, give ice time. Every shift that he plays in the minors is one shift that one of your prospects isn't going to play. So this is a, a huge dilemma for, for a hockey team, what you do. And at the end of the day, he, as you said it, he's a player that is replaceable. He's a fourth-line winger. He's a, he would be a valuable fourth-line winger if he played him 82 games. But it's a player that's going to play 45 games. And then you go to the playoffs. Now, we haven't even talked about that. What yeah. if at, Again, we don't know what we the, don't know what the world's going to be but, like at that point. But if you're looking at it right now, all of a sudden you're in the middle of a series. You come back, back from playing two games in the States. Now we've got to change our lineup simply because this guy doesn't have a vaccination. I think it would be very, very hard for a player on a Canadian team to be unvaccinated and stick around for that team. I just think it'd be hard just for all the different things that you would have, all the hoops you would have to jump through to make it work. So uh, I I don't see how it works. I really don't. Yeah, I I mean, Duncan Keith uh, obviously... You know, waited, went to the United States for the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and, and, and came back and is now uh, quarantining. You know, I've, I've you talk to people around the league and other media guys and ex-players and you hear, well, this player was vaccine hesitant, but he got the vaccine because he wants to be a pro athlete. Mm-hmm. That's what he's wanted to be all his life. And now he's doing it. And to continue with that opportunity, uh, he's decided to get to, to get vaccinated because that's one of the things you have to do to, to, to be a pro athlete or to help you be a pro athlete in, in this environment. Well, and, and there's other occupations out there right now where you have to be vaccinated to keep your job. And this is possibly could be one here in the National Hockey League. If you're not vaccinated, it's tough for you to keep your job, especially on a Canadian team crossing the border, the way it's set up, the way the league's set up, the way the, uh, the rules are. So uh, I hope that Josh Archibald gets vaccinated for both 
a professional and a personal reason. But, I mean, that's going to be up to him. But as a team, I think it'd be very, very hard to have a player that's only going to be a part-time player for you, especially as a player that's going to be on your fourth line. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, and he has been skating, and, and Dave Tibbet made it sound like he should be joining the uh, the full group for practices soon. The Oilers will be back on the ice tomorrow morning, getting ready for the game on Tuesday. Four nothing, they win tonight over the Calgary Flames. If if, if you missed this or what Rob and I have been talking about, uh, pretty much all Edmonton all the time. <laughs> they shot them badly in every period. They did get all four goals in uh, in the second period, but uh, the the territorial play, the shots, definitely not even tonight. I mean, Slater Cuckoo was paired with Bouchard. I, I, I thought he did a good job. I mean, you can't... I mean, a game like this, it's hard to look at an Oiler and say, oh, why wasn't he pulling his weight tonight? Uh, you know, Devin Shore played, and I think Devin Shore is going to be on the team. Mm-hmm. He didn't play uh, as much. He played about 11 and a half minutes. But it's been interesting because he's been being used as, as center, uh, as a center throughout camp. And we've always kind of seen him a little bit more as a winger. But mm-hmm. he did center Shore or sorry, he centered Perlini and Turris tonight. Yeah, it's one of those things, if if you're a coach, you, you when you get into your 11, 12, 13, or 14th forward, you want guys that give you options. You want guys that are, are very uh, pliable, that, you know, we're going to put him as a center tonight. Oh, tonight he's playing right wing. Okay, we had an injury. We're going to have to move him over to the left side. Uh, I, I, I had a junior coach that I, when I, I was a defenseman coming up, and he moved me to forward early. And then he eventually put me back, but he told me, he said, I want you to have options. The more options you have, the more valuable valuable you become. And I think that's what Devin Shore, as a coaching staff, all right, we don't need to keep a left winger and a right winger because we've got this Devin Shore kid. He can play both, or he can play center and left wing. So uh, just it's a great example for anyone that's listening out there that has a kid. Have him play every position. Don't, have, don't pigeonhole him into one thing. Oh, my son has to be center. Right. Have him play everything because at some point that becomes much more valuable to a coaching staff because now if that spot's taken, we can slide you over here and fit you in somewhere else that we need you. And I think that is what's going to happen with Devin Shore. All right. The Oilers take it 4 nothing in Calgary. One of the goal scorers tonight. He also had an assist was Derek Ryan. You will hear from him when we get back to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Derek Ryan trying to dig it free. Got to the skates to Ryan, jams it in the front of the net, scores! Ryan got his own rebound. He put it past Flat Orange, 2 nothing Edmonton. Goal and an assist for Derek Ryan tonight as the Oilers take down the Calgary Flames, 4 nothing in the preseason opener for both teams. Here is Derek Ryan. Uh, pretty solid effort for you guys. I know it's the, only the first game of the preseason, but, I mean, system-wise and sticking together and, and playing tight as a group, it, it looked pretty solid out there. Uh, did you kind of expect things to be this uh, flow this well this early? Uh, I mean, I don't know what the expectations were. It's hard in preseason game number one, but I thought that, yeah, like you said, the group came out there, battled hard, um, played really tight defensively, had a couple of big saves when we needed it and just played a really good team game. Um, Locked it down and created lots of offense too. So, yeah, it was fun. It's a fun uh, way to start the preseason when you have some some offense and some success. Everyone's happy and and everybody looks good. Yourself, you come to a new team, you want to make a good impression. I mean, this is a nice way to start for you, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, even when I came here four weeks ago, I wanted to make a good impression right away. And and, um, that's what it's all about. So it feels good to come out here and um, back in the Saddle Dome and have a good game. Uh, it's a lot of fun, so a lot of different emotions coming back here and, you know, spent three good years here. So, um, yeah, it was fun. 
You're a, a guy who kind of does everything pretty well. Coaches like to describe you as, you know, the, the Swiss Army knife type of person. Is that kind of reflective today of, of what we can expect from, from you as an owner? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm not the most skilled guy in the world or the fastest or any of the those attributes, so I got to do some of the other things um, at a high level and at an NHL level. So I feel like I can bring a lot of different um, things to the team, um, a lot of different uh, elements of the game. Um, so, I, yeah, try to focus on a lot of different little things. It's it's nice playing in a good Canadian market where people can recognize the, the nuances of the game and um, the things that the little things that add up at the NHL level. You got to look, uh, look at uh, Evan Bouchard, just a young guy, but his his poise out there and the way you know his shot and just the way he kind of commands the the ice when he's on there is pretty remarkable for a young player. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I hadn't really seen it yet. Um, this is like the first real game scrimmages in camp or one thing, but this is a more closer to a real NHL game. And um, he was elite. I thought he was really good with the puck. Uh, he has a heavy shot. He had a couple of really good shots on the PP there that um, you know could sneak through and on another day. And yeah, he's he's going to be a special player. I liked I liked the poise that I saw out of him and uh, composure, especially coming in a preseason game like this where there's a lot of there's a lot of jitters for everyone. It's first game and um, see he seemed like he was pretty calm, cool, and composed back there. Having a guy back there with a heavy shot who can get it through is a, is a big deal. And just on a lot of you know, especially on a power play, obviously, but just in general, just having a defenseman who can who can let it go like that oh 100% I mean uh, I don't know about the top guys they score some nice goals but guys like me we score goals by getting the puck to the top and a heavy guy heavy shot getting through and banging in rebounds so having a guy like that that can get a, a nice heavy shot through to the net with rebounds that creates a lot of offense in the regular season and for sure come playoff time Hey, Derek, uh, talking about your line as a whole here, on one side you have a 2021 first-round pick looking to make a stamp with this new organization. On the other side, a guy on a PTO fighting to win a job on this hockey club. How would you evaluate your, your line as a whole tonight? And then maybe if you can take us through individually uh, both uh, Borgo and Sevier. Yeah, I thought we were really good. I mean, I don't remember spending a whole lot of time in the D zone, so that's always a good thing for a game. Um, the time we did spend in there is pretty quick and efficient, and I thought we had a, at least a couple, maybe a handful of heavy shifts down low. Uh, I thought Borgie did a great job of holding on to pucks down there. Um, our forecheck was really good. We'd get pucks behind their D and, and get pucks back. And like I said, for a depth player like me, that's how you have success in this league. You're not going to, you know, dance around guys and toe drag around guys and score a lot of goals. You have to keep it simple and get pucks deep and then retrieve pucks on the forecheck. And I thought both Sieves and Borgie were really good at that. Um, we had a couple of good looks and um, good heavy shifts down low, good energy shifts for the guys. And I thought there was some chemistry there, so I thought it. Um, I had fun. For Borgo, would you say one of his best traits is the ability to find soft ice, open ice, uh, yeah. to get that shot off. Yeah, hundred percent. That was a yeah, nice spot there. Kind of the little turnover, little play behind the net where the breakdown happens and they can't, you know, get tight enough, fast enough, and he finds a little soft area and a quick release for sure. I thought he was really good down low for I mean maybe not a smaller guy but he's smaller than most than some so I thought he was really good at you know holding on to pucks getting pucks down there and protecting it and then making a play for you know for a young guy it's pretty impressive to me Thanks, sir. okay thank you for that we'll now go to questions on zoom and we'll start with Daniel Nugent Bowman the athletic
least kind of get the jitters out of the way of facing your fear or old team in the in the regular before you do it in the regular season that is uh no quite the contrary i was kind of surprised to be playing tonight but uh now that i played i'm happy i did there's a lot of emotions coming back to this this rink and looking up and expecting to see my family there but they're not there anymore they're in edmonton our home so um it's nice to get that kind of out of the way in the preseason and now when we come back regular season it'll it'll feel just more like a normal game perfect thank you yep Thank you for that. We'll go to Mark Spector. Hi, Derek. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, Brendan Perlini. Uh, you've been around the league now for a while. This is a guy that, you know, he comes in as a first-round pick. He's played a little while, found himself out of the league. Now he's coming back. New team, new chance. Uh, looks like, you know, he was very good tonight. Uh, you've seen guys like this, and you've been a, sort of a survivor yourself. You hang around, you move around, you keep a job. What's it like being Brendan Perlini? What's he got to do to make it stick here? Yeah, it's tough. I, I think I talked about this a little bit uh, the other day in my interview, but it's really hard to be a top six guy in this league. And I think um, Perlini is a pretty skilled player. He probably has that skill to maybe try and do that. But if you're not a top six guy, which there's no spots on our team for that, you have to find a way to make an impact in other ways, not flashy um, and, you know, playing the game simple, but being effective, not being a liability. And so I think it's, I mean, not for Pearls specifically, but for everybody and for myself, it's been finding those nuances in the game and just bearing down and being really good at those. And uh, whether it's face-offs, whether it's being really responsible defensively and at the same time having those heavy grind shift as a grind shifts as a depth player I mean it's just that is huge for our top six to have more energy and more time instead of us getting grinded down and then they start in the D zone it makes it pretty hard so um, yeah I don't know he's a great player he's a lot of, he has a lot of skill um, I think that he for sure belongs in this league it's just a matter of um, harnessing those nuances and the little parts of the game that um, make the depth player a successful player all right, that's Derek Reiner, the Edmonton Oilers. Good game for him. Pretty much good game for everybody on the Oilers tonight. 4 nothing, a very convincing victory over the Calgary Flames. Stuart Skinner and Ilya Konovalov will share the shutout. Skinner played the first half of the game, made eight stops. Konovalov coming in, he made seven. Probably made the best save of the night by either Oilers goaltender uh, late in the game on a chance by Matthew Phillips. Got across and stopped it with just over five minutes left in the third period. Really good performance by the Oilers as uh, they get off to the right foot on the right foot here in the preseason now they will practice again tomorrow again with all the players broken up into two groups and then the next game is coming up on Tuesday night and they are back in Rogers place and the fans will be back in Rogers place for the first time since March of 2020 so that's going to be exciting to have the vibe with many of you in the building of course we have it on 630 Chad faceoff show will be at 530 on Tuesday the game at 7 the opponent the Seattle Kraken the Oilers schedule coming up this week Seattle at home on uh, Wednesday in Winnipeg. Uh, pardon me, Seattle at home on Tuesday in Winnipeg on Wednesday. They'll play Seattle at Everett, Washington on Friday and then host the Winnipeg Jets on Saturday. So this kicking off a busy stretch for the Oilers with five games in seven nights. You want more on the game? Go to the Oilers page on 630shed.com, globalnews.ca. Don't forget, Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports in the evening from 6 to 8. Thanks to our game day engineer, Troy Bull and to our studio operator this evening, Angie Quinnell. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. You've been listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers take down the flames for zip. Have a good night. 
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.